Andrew Ryan, uh, Andrew Ryan. Those are our names. Those, those are our names. Andrew Ryan. If we had a sitcom, that would be our theme song, but we don't yeah. yet. Welcome to Affinity Rewatch. <laughs> I'm Andrew Fantasia, and I'm joined by a handsome man who almost had his dinner stolen by a maniac today, Ryan yeah. J. Whitehead. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, man. I'm doing good. It's uh, another Friday. I, I look forward to these days so much now. And it's funny, you and I like watched it the first thing we could this morning. Oh my God. It was, it was like the right when we woke up, like, let's do this. Let's get on to it. And, uh, you know, I love it. I, I, I think as a streaming service, I love that they're doing like, like week every week they'll put in a new episode because I would legit burn through it. But I don't think, I think that kind of kills the fun a little bit. Yes. I like, I, I love Cobra Kai. And when Cobra Kai season three came out like a couple of weeks ago, I, that was one day of nonstop Cobra Kai for me. So I like this. And like, it, it's the same with the Mandalorian for me. Disney plus has become like this place where I wake up extra early and I go to my TV at the crack of dawn, like a little kid on Saturday morning, and I just turn on the new episode. And I haven't yeah. had that feeling. Like, you don't get that feeling with Netflix. No, you don't. Well, like, for example, when Daredevil came out, uh, my brother and I were still living at home, and we were so excited. Like, like we, my brother had work, I had work, and we were messaging each other, like, okay, when we get home, this is what we're going to do. <laughs> and I think, I think my parents... Like, I can't remember. I think my parents were on a trip or something, but like my brother and I were like, okay, you know what? We know what we need to do. So we had like the food all organized. We had everything ready to go. And we literally turned on Netflix and we were just jumping around <laughs> to like the, 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 you know, the play screen when just before you hit play, there's like um, a trailer in the background kind of thing. And we're just like losing our mind. We're like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and we, I think we burned through like, like, almost half the series on that first night and we're like well we need to slow down because we got all weekend to enjoy it like we should take our time and we burn through it and the and the moral of the story is is just that when we burn through it yeah like the time it was great like that weekend was phenomenal but as time progressed it kind of just it came and went you know what i mean like it, it, it i still love that show to death and i'll rewatch it all the time but in terms of the hype and being like being in it, you know what I mean? Like being like watching it all the time and all that. Like, yeah, it just came and went so quickly. Mm -hmm. Cobra Kai season three is still such a blur to me and it literally just happened. So I'm glad we yeah. don't have the same thing going on here with WandaVision. Yeah, WandaVision. That song. I and, love that you, song. You know, <laughs> I know. I love, I love that. I love that they're doing like cheesy intros. I hope that I hope that the '80s is like a, a play on Fresh Prince of Bel Air because I would love that. It's probably not going to happen. Most likely not. It'll probably but, uh, be. They'll probably say Fresh Prince for '90s because I think Fresh Prince started in like '89. Yeah. They'll probably go with like Family Ties or something. No like, man, no. They're gonna go with. Uh, they're gonna go with um, Full House. Everywhere. Oh, you know, you're right. You know why? Because her sisters are involved. Oh, that's so true. Oh my God, you're right. You're absolutely right. She's an yeah. Olsen triplet, kind of. Yeah, she's an Olsen triplet. Um, and yeah, so so I love the intro. So let's get into it, man. So mm -hmm. WandaVision's here. It's it's Friday. Uh, new episode, new content. Now we're in the 70s uh, with this incredible intro. Now, if I'm not mistaken, the intro is kind of a mix between Brady Bunch and... Do you know the other one? I think uh... this was for the most part, very Brady. Like it was like 90% Brady mm. Bunch, uh, even the decor inside their house. Like the Brady Bunch oh, have yes. this den where it's like a little raised den with this like wrought mm. iron, like not a wall, but it's almost like a, a wrought iron fence separating the den from the rest of the house. They had that yeah. here and they had the avocado green fridge that everybody in the 1970s had. It was just, pure brady bunch <laughs> okay i think well actually oh and i remember now it's 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 brady bunch and three's company was the uh was the other oh, kind of yeah. mashup theme that they were talking about and you know i i think with the intro and yes you're right you're right though in terms of aesthetics and everything it's it's very much the brady bunch um i did i did a little bit of research before the show 
um well uh, by before the show i mean while i was on break at work today <laughs> uh but yeah I, I did a little bit of research and uh yes the house is exact like almost a replica of the brady bunch's house um and what i like about the intro is first of all if we did have an intro i think you and i would ride a tandem together oh yes <laughs> and I'll, I'll share a secret but, with you that's not really a secret but i don't know how to ride a bike i never learned so you'd be doing oh i know i totally knew that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But the beauty of a tandem is, you know, one of us can do all the work and then the other one. <laughs> exactly. You be Smithers, I'll be Mr. Burns, and I'll be like, keep pedaling. <laughs> I'm going to make you get there the only way I know how. Put that right foot on you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, so it's a, it's a wonderful intro. And I love that they're doing these intros. They're just adorable. And I, they're just such a play on the family sitcom experience. Um and uh, we're getting actually quite, we're getting a couple of hints in the, uh, in the intro theme. First of all, there seems to be a, a, a theme with the hexagon. The hexagon seems to be a big deal. Yeah. Uh, we're seeing that, we saw that in the Bewitched sequence in the stars uh, in the sky, there were, there's a hexagon around the moon. Uh, also this theme and then, of course, the uh, the beekeeper. That's uh, that's a hexagon, uh, obviously with the honeycombs. You know, right? Bees. So we're seeing a lot of hexagon. And I think you know, there's like there there's so many rabbit holes you could go down just with hexagons, uh, which would make us sound <laughs> insane. So, but like I I feel like you know you could you could go the route of Wanda is a queen bee, or um, you know every everybody else is sort of like she's in this contained hive and everybody is there to serve her or obey her whim, but she's unaware that there is this world outside the hive or just like the idea of using that hexagon to point at aim and say, it's aim, everybody blame aim for this. Like there's so many ways you could go. I, I was just like, yeah. I remember last week during the bewitch thing, I just kept thinking, okay, they used the hexagon twice. I was like, is there a sitcom that uses this hexagon motif in its opening credits? And I thought maybe they're just sort of spoofing that and there's nothing else to it. Like there's so much, I'm, I'm still creeped out by that, that uh, dark helmet shape that you saw in the, the bewitched cartoon. Thing. Uh, yes. like that's still I'm irking me. That. So like God only knows what the hexagons mean. I'm still on the helmet. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So speaking of cryptic things in the intro, that pregnancy book is really weird. Yes. It's a really weird looking book. And it said, it literally says like pregnant and it's a red book, but there's what seems to be a black figure on it. Now, what's interesting about it too, is it's like, if it were a pregnancy book, I don't know, wouldn't it be more family friendly? Like, you know what I mean? But it's it's very bizarre. It's very bizarre, and it seems like the the Marvel fans are all banking on that. There's that silhouette. It's a silhouette of Mephisto. Right. Well, yeah. I think we all we all really want Mephisto to be a thing. Uh, that that mm. book, I I figured out not what it means, but like I, I figured out what it reminds me of because I remember seeing it and Vision's reading this mm. book, and I'm just like, that's a weird looking book. And then I paid it no more mind. And then you brought it up after and you even sent me a picture. And I'm like, oh, yeah, the book. And as I was looking more at it, I I realized what it was it reminded me of. Because at first I'm like, it, you know, it looks like a prop. And I, I think I, I told you that, too. I was like, it looks like a prop. It yeah. doesn't look real. But the thing about props, especially in the context of this show and what this show has been so far, is it would either look hyper detailed like one of the yeah. objects or products in these commercials, like it would have like its own logo and the name of the author and whatever. It would either look hyper detailed or to be funny, it would look very, very stark and simple, like, like a plain yeah. blank white book with a black text that just says pregnancy. And it was neither of those things. And when you sent me that screenshot and I'm looking at it, it I was like, okay. And this might mean nothing. Like, again, this could be a rabbit hole, but you know what it looks like, Ryan, and you will appreciate this, is it looks like when you're playing a video game and you look at random objects in the background that don't have a lot of graphics texture because they didn't yes. care about it. That's what it looks yes. like. 
For sure. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it does, it does look like, uh, like a inanimate object essentially in a, in a video game where it's like, they're just, it's there to fill the background. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, I couldn't agree with you more. It it is very weird when you said, when you said prop book, I'm like, I'm, I'm like, okay, yeah, the book does look kind of fake. Like is if, if, if you were in a simulation, right. Uh, and we've seen this uh, kind of cliche before in other TV shows where they talk about like dream sequences and stuff. And that, um, that when they look at the book, it has a cover, but the pages are empty. So it's just like your subconscious, you know, um, I, I, one of the best examples is in the Batman anime. I knew Batman it. Batman I knew you were <laughs> There's there's a there's a sequence where Bruce is trapped in a dream and or well Batman Batman's trapped in a dream and Shh, he don't sees Don't tell people who he really is. Oh sorry. Oh my god. <laughs> sorry guys, spoilers, spoilers. Um, but he sees Batman in his dream and he's trying to figure out why like everyone around him's like, "Oh, then who's Batman?" kind of thing. And he tries to read books and he deduces that he was in a dream because the 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 books were empty and there was no pages and that's because you're consciousness or sorry because you learn you learn how to read your subconsciousness doesn't know how to read something you train your brain to do some type some type of explanation like that it was really cool when he figured it out but when i say it it's like okay yeah no you're you're right and i i remember like i think about that episode of batman a lot and i remember mm -hmm. one time i think it was not too long ago maybe like a year or so ago i had a dream where i was clearly able to read something and then I woke up and I was just like, suck it, Batman. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I feel like I had that moment, too. But yeah, it's 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 really funny and weird. Um, but um, yeah, no. So I don't know, though, like the what what really drawed me into the book. You and I were looking at it two very different ways. I was very focused on the silhouette because it's a very bizarre looking cover. And that silhouette is very weird. Mm -hmm. Um. Anyway, so yeah, so I, we don't know. Again, not confirmed, but there seems to be some themes about that uh, down the road that we'll talk about. So anyway, so the intro is really nice and adorable and it kicks off. And yeah, Wanda's into full baby mode about all about those babies. She is super preggers and they're, they kind of made it a little bit tricky to figure out how much time passes between episodes but they um mm. they had a little conversation where just like without being too specific wanda and vision made it clear that this is pretty much instant because of yeah. how surprised they were that she kept growing so fast uh and, and that yeah that's how i could kind of gauge because between episode one and episode two we had no real context for time passing yeah, I, I mean, you know, it's kind of one of those concepts of a play on time flies, you know, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, like, for example, I even remember, I even remember when my sister in law was pregnant. And now she's already had the baby. And, you know, now Charlotte's out there in the world, my niece, you know, and, and already she's like walking and talking. So it is quite amazing how time flies kind of thing. But the show does an interesting job of making that a practical way of doing it. Um, and and still, it, it's just, I love everyone's commentary on the show's pacing so far and like the story. Everyone's like, it's weird, but I love it. And it's true. It's very weird. It's a weird show, but it works. It works on so many levels. It, every time um, so something happens that take that like where every time it stops being a flat out sitcom, because when it's a sitcom, it's hilarious. But then every time oh, it's, yeah. it stops and like something creepy happens, I am genuinely like leaning forward in my seat. Like, <gasps> yeah, yeah. It's so bizarre. So, cause like, for example, um, we'll get, we'll get there. We'll get to that moment you're talking about. Um, but we get the doctor uh, and the doctor's doctor's in the house and doing his thing. And the doctor's an idiot. Like <laughs> it's just such an annoying doctor. Um, very, uh, very uh very of the time i guess he's got a nice time. cadillac though that's a beautiful cadillac yeah, he's, he was... he's got a nice car but he's like well you're pregnant and you're like <laughs> thanks uh thanks he's like um he was talking about oh yeah we identify babies by shape of fruits which is true um they do uh doctors do do that 
but not not because it's like a, it's just a simple way to help people understand how far they've come in the in the the, the pregnancy mm-hmm. and uh and yes with my sister-in-law they did the same thing they, they even with some of my friends they would measure uh they would measure the baby progression uh by uh, by the fruit size so that's uh it's funny how he just it's funny how he, he kind of makes it a, a funny statement where he's just like oh we help women understand in a simple way by the fruits and i love that they're playing that kind of commentary and and Juan does not have in it and i like that yeah um so so yeah and then uh and then we get that weird doctor leaves and then uh wanda just grows again like just absolutely just rushing through this pregnancy um and uh yeah so very bizarre that that she's rushing through it and then do we get the sequence where they're making the baby's room right they are making the baby's room but before they are making the baby's room there's something that uh, i want to play a little game here ryan it's called funny or scary and and uh i want you to tell me on a on a scale here uh, you know was it more funny for you or more scary and why and it's uh our neighbor whose name i forget cutting through a brick wall with hedge oh yes yes (laughs) oh yes oh yes okay yes i totally forgot that part yes herb herb Uh, Herb, yeah he's he's using a hedge which is quite a strong hedge trimmer if it's able to cut through concrete um but yeah uh but uh yeah he's just like oh hey buddy i like i like how he i just (laughs) i like herb he's an interesting character he always seems to do the finger point thing by the way that seems to be a a thing he always does like the guns he might be riffing on uh there's a character from the love boat named isaac who would always do that he was the bartender on the love boat and he'd be like you got it and he'd do the finger pointing herb might be kind of playing on that Okay. Yeah. So there's obviously something weird going on. He's like glitching, I guess is the best way to say it. He's just like mm. chopping through pure cement. With a big old smile on his face though. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would say, I would say that's definitely scary, man. Like if I saw someone chopping through cement uh, after trying to trim the hedges. Yeah. And I'd be genuinely concerned. Especially <laughs> if they're just like smiling at me the whole time like yeah. it was like he's, he's not looking at what he's doing he's looking at vision he's like oh buddy yeah mm-hmm. just just uh just gardening away here uh, i wish this was a video so you could see what i'm doing i'm literally staring at, <laughs> i'm staring at my camera which is yeah. not on and <laughs> just smiling like a lunatic but yeah that that was I, you know i laughed for like a second and then i stopped and mm-hmm. i'm like oh boy this <laughs> this is uncomfortable and vision goes inside and i'm like yeah i'm right there with you vision uh, i like herb but uh, i'm freaked out by herb right now so no thank you yeah well the other interesting thing i noticed and again it's something small and it could just be the way it's done but one thing that's weird that i noticed was the background uh the neighbors the neighbor's house that's a painted backdrop it's yes. not a real it's not it's not a real backdrop, which when Wanda's outside, it's a full out neighborhood, like by the looks of things. Oh, I didn't notice that difference. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But now Wanda wasn't outside this particular episode, but when she was outside with Vision in the last one, she could see all the houses and everything. Yes. Yeah. And when she goes out with Agnes to the other meeting too, you're right. Cause like, mm-hmm. I remember noticing when they stepped out last week, I was like, oh, they have like a a full street, like the whole street. Yeah. And then today, as he's uh, as when Vision's talking to Herb and Agnes, I'm like, that is a full on painting behind them. Um, So Mm. you're right. There's there's borders. And, you know, we'll we'll get there when we get there. But at the end of the episode, we see just what those borders are like kind of right so so right so you would definitely agree that it's scary right like oh. it's it's terrifying if someone was cutting through some oh yes yeah and thankfully vision runs back inside and they continue to decorate mm-hmm. the baby's room with stork pictures and other things mm-hmm. which which actually brings us to that moment um which brings us to the moment of there's something going on here right mm-hmm. or no that's not yet is that not yet? That's pretty, that's that's pretty much here because they have their little chat in the baby's room and then they, or no, I think it's before they go in no. the baby's room. Yeah, it's before they go in the baby's room. Yeah. He comes in and he talks about there's something wrong here and she just like flips the script, like completely, completely does the rewind thing again. Now, this is interesting because that brings up a big question. 
is Vision alive? Like, is he alive? Well, there was, I was all set. I was so proud of myself, Ryan. I was all set to drop a theory this week, but it depended on Mm. something happening in this episode and it didn't happen. And I was so, I was like really disappointed because in the first two episodes, Vision has a line that he repeats where he, when he leaves the house, he would like kiss her goodbye or hug her goodbye or whatever. And he would say, well, that's me off then. And then he would leave. And I was waiting right. for him to say that here because I thought, imagine he says that every week. And then the last episode is about her letting go and coming to grips with him dying. And, you know, as he's saying goodbye to her, he just says, well, that's me yeah. off then. And he like fades away and we all cry. Uh, but that didn't happen this week. So I was, I don't know if that's going to happen anymore. I thought it was, it was going to be a, a recurring uh, a much more recurring thing. Well, uh, upon watching it for a second time um, while I was waiting for food, <laughs> I watched it with Isabella because this time I wanted to get her insight before we did the podcast. Uh, and she was she's pretty heart set that he's dead. Like he's full on dead. Yeah. And uh, the other thing that makes it interesting about him being dead uh, is that you kind of, you know, when when someone, you know, when someone you love passes on, you kind of remember them at their best, right? So clearly she's remembering a certain aspect of Vision. And every time Vision, because Vision's all about being the hero, obviously, you know, like solving problems. And now clearly that memory is seems to be piercing through the veil here. And, and she just resets him and then kind of takes him back to that moment of uh, him loving her. Yeah, and I like that it happened differently than before. It was very apt because this is the 70s we're in after all. And the way the reset happened was not a full-on rewind like last week, but it was more like a record skipping on a turntable. It was just a little oh. bit of like a like a little pop of the audio and then he's standing back where he was before. Uh, very, I would I would say even more unsettling than the rewind. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And, um, so, so yeah, definitely, it's definitely something weird's going on. And, uh, again, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that more as we go. So then we get the, uh, the baby room scene and what is interesting about the baby room scene, I want to point out is she's obviously using her magic, which, oh man, I wish we all had that kind of power <laughs> with Ikea furniture together. Um, but, uh, she, she's obviously using her powers to paint the walls and stuff, but you'll notice that she actually makes inanimate. She gives an inanimate object life. She pulls out the butterfly baby thing and then it flies away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I remember that from the trailer. And when she pulls that mobile out, I'm like, Oh, there's gonna be butterflies. So that's, um, that's a big thing, man. Cause if she can do that, uh, you, you know, is, is that real? Are those like, is this just part of her? illusions like the stuff she pulls on on iron man and stuff in ultron or is she really bringing some life to the world and i think we haven't explored the depths of what her powers can do yeah no so it's like we're kind of learning that now but if this is in fact her creating this world for herself to deal with this immense grief she's feeling and her power is so vast that this, you know, sword or whatever finds it necessary to keep her enclosed because otherwise she would get out of control with just this little fantasy she's having. That's horrific to think about. Yeah. Yeah. It's really weird. But man, I don't know, like, I don't know where this story is going, but what I'm curious to see is like once the curtains are lifted and all is said and done, like what conditions Wanda going to be in? Like, cause like I, uh, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about it once we get there. But I, I really think she's controlling, obviously, obviously she's controlling the narrative of what's going on in this little town. She has to be there. There is no other reason, the rhyme or reason to explain otherwise. Right. And we've, We've only seen one person in the town, uh, or rather, we've seen two people in the town be antagonistic towards Wanda. Yes. We've seen Dottie, yeah. and when, when Dottie got all rude and snippy to Wanda, she cuts her hand on the glass. And then there was mm-hmm. Mr. Hart, and when Mr. Hart was like, tell me who you are, he starts choking. So 
mm-hmm. the second you push Wanda, she pushes back. And now, you know, we we see that happen again this time at the very end of this episode, but in a much scarier way, much scarier way. Oh, yes. We'll get there, though. We'll mm-hmm. get there. So just hold hold on tight, buddy. We're going to get there. Uh, as Samuel L. Jackson once said, hold on to your butts. Um, butts. It's <laughs> it's pretty crazy. So, uh, so okay. So the, the uh, baby's room's being decorated and everything. And then what ends up happening is, is that the butterflies happen and they talk about the kids' names. And the kids' names are actually referenced to the comics. It's Tommy and Billy. Yeah. Now, in the comics, were Tommy and Billy also twins? Tommy and Billy were also twins. Yes. Like literally it is straight from the comics. Um, And yes, the kids, the kids name are Tommy and William and the kids powers are very similar to her mom and her brother's powers. So one is super fast and the other one has the ability of magic. Tommy is the magic one. William is kind of like Quicksilver. Man, I would feel Um, so ripped off if I got the speed in that relationship. (laughs) <laughs> like, oh yeah, my brother can distort and warp reality, uh, but I will get you your pizza on time. Well, that's that's but where I, my power lies. Okay, I have a hyper metabolism. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it's it's pretty crazy for sure. Um, so, so, so the, the that is definitely a nod to the twins. Actually, definitely, and so, uh, okay, so at this point, yeah, she just. Oh man, uh, Wanda. And what I love about this kind of narrative uh, and, and superhero story is that I love Marvel's look at the mild mannered side of these characters. Like, like Wanda having a baby is pretty scary. <laughs> like with her powers. Like, oh my god! It, it like I. That's why I love how weird it was. But at the same time, it's fun to actually see the heroes outside of being heroes and like what kind of life they would have. And man, yeah. If this was power pregnancies, if this was only like, if they were making no attempt at telling like a, a deep story and they were literally just making a silly sitcom about Wanda and vision living in the suburbs, I would still be entertained. Like I said, during our age of Ultron episode, like that party, that movie could have just been a two and a half hour long Avengers (laughs) party. And I would have had a great time. Um, Now, before we move on, Ryan, you know what time it is? What time is it? It's time for us to take a quick commercial break and have a word from our sponsor. Oh, hello there. Do you feel dirty, Ryan? Do you feel like you need some soap in your life? Uh, yeah. Oh, good, because I'm your sponsor and I've got some soap for you. Soap, it's made by Hydra. Hail Hydra, the cleanest dictatorship the world has ever seen. Hail Hydra. Love that. Oh my God. That was the best way to introduce that. (laughs) Good. Yes. The, the weird Hydra soap commercial. First of all, I will, I will take onus and say I was wrong. No Quicksilver car. We were, we were both wrong. Yeah. It was Hydra was a weird choice, but I mean, I guess it ties into the, it does tie into the Strucker. And I guess we got to remember there's probably going to be nine of these commercials because there's nine episodes. So Maybe they're pacing. So it could happen. Yeah. Quicksilver. We're not out of the race yet. We're just not, we're not in the right part of the race. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But actually, yes. So you bring up the commercial and you did ask me uh, if it was an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. reference. And so after some research I did, yes, it is an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. reference. So uh, Coulson was caught in a construct by Hydra. uh, And in that construct, they gave him a soap that soaked him. And he talks about Hydra soaking him and he, he was stuck in the this prison. Right. The Tahiti thing. Because when you see that lady in the bubble bath and she's in like, it looks like she's on a beach, but she's inside like a hut with curtains. That image. And I was yeah. like, that's from S.H.I.E.L.D. I remember Coulson being in something like that. So that, yes. I, and I thought I was just going crazy because I haven't watched Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. since like 2013. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess that's, I guess you, you looked it up and it was legit. So I'm right. Suck it, Batman. <laughs> i yeah so it appears to be uh it appears to be a reference to that and so if that's true then she could be in a construct which again we'll get to down the road but i will i will talk about it a little bit more when we get there but yeah it's i have an interesting i i do have a developing theory myself Ooh. and it's curious to see where it's gonna go so 
Uh, yeah. And so, all right. So we, uh, we now have the commercial experience, which again, Hydra was interesting and that they're saying, they're kind of suggesting that as long as she's there, she is the goddess. Like she, she tells the story, right? Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. There's, yeah, those, I feel like those commercials, once we know the story, they're going to make either more sense or no sense at all. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, when, when we return from the commercial, then we get um, uh, Geraldine, but I just keep calling her Monica Rambeau in my head. Uh, and I'm yeah. probably going to keep calling her Monica Rambeau. Um, now, a question from the comics. Did Monica Rambeau ever have any kind of affiliation or ties with Namor the Submariner? Ooh, good question. And uh, yes, yeah, she's had, well, she's, I wouldn't say like super close ties, but she's definitely been crossing. She's crossed paths with Namor before. Absolutely. Okay. But she's not like famous for like being in Namor's stories or anything like that. Is she? Uh, like, not like standout-ish, uh, but she's definitely, she's definitely... Like I said, she's definitely had stories where they've they've crossed paths before, but nothing nothing too like crazy, like groundbreakingly serious. Okay, <clears throat> because I found it very strange that her pants were covered with cartoon fish. Oh yes, yes, that's true. I uh, I didn't think about that actually. Um, but yeah, no, I didn't. Oh man, I totally didn't pick up on that. I don't know. Maybe it's just yeah, an excuse it. to have the stork try to bite her. Cause like the stork mm-hmm. just sees fish, but I thought that was an odd choice. So I, I, I wanted to ask just to be certain. Cause if mm-hmm. she was like a Namor character, then I'd be like confirmed Namor <laughs> and then do a little bit. Well, there, I mean the nods to Namor are endless. Like that could very well be a nod to Namor. You're absolutely right there. I mean, she does hang around with fantastic four from time to time. So it's very, very possible that Namor is, uh, you know, going to cross paths with her at some point. But I mean, the nods to Namor are just like, dude, they, what what Marvel movie hasn't mentioned Namor in some more shape or yeah. some way, shape, shape or form? Um, but it's interesting you bring that up because yeah, so Monica Monica comes in uh, talking about her bur- uh, pipes burst, and, and I love the uh, the scene with Dottie though, and she's like, "Do these earrings uh-huh. make my my?" Do these earrings make me fat? And the power goes out, and the guy's like, "Thank you." <laughs> that was my biggest laugh of the whole show so far. Like, <laughs> yeah, that was that was a gut wrenching laugh. That was really good. Um, so yeah, I love that. But yeah, so that's the okay. So let's talk about the Monica Rambeau scene, which was incredible, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so uh, I, the story she talks about the story about getting hired at the job and telling the story. And then the stork comes out of nowhere um, and uh, the stork comes around. And what I noticed as Monica in Monica's story, as she's talking about it, um, and it's pretty obvious when I say I noticed, but she uh, Wanda casts her spell and it doesn't seem to affect the stork. Right. Yeah. If anything, the stork just kind of brushes it off. Yeah, and literally just literally just dust it off. And and what I find is interesting about this is because it could go one of two ways. One, actually one of three ways. One is that she's losing grip on her power. So because like the I guess the pregnancy is affecting her power uh to a point where she like can't control it. Uh or two, the stork could be Mephisto wanting the babies to be born Ooh! If everyone's banking on this whole mephisto thing then that's very po- very possible that that mephisto could be it i have a developing theory that i can now introduce at this point i have a theory that some of these people are scrolls oh interesting and the reason why i think that is because in uh in captain marvel uh this, they had a scene with the Skrull uh, Tal- Talos uh-huh. uh, on the ship, and they're like, oh, can you turn into a cat? And he's like, oh, I-, I can turn into anything. Uh, oh, can you turn into a filing cabinet? Mm-hmm. And a uh, uh, Venus flytrap. And he's like, well, why would I do these things? But Skrulls, <laughs> he never said they can't do it. Right. He just says it takes talent to do it, right? 
So I think my money's on my money's starting to to I'm starting to put my money on as much as I want Mephisto to be a part of this story. I'm starting to believe that scrolls are going to be the obvious choice because it may it might help kick kick off the secret invasion a little bit. Because think about it. What if what if um what if the scrolls are playing like Herb or uh, like playing characters like Herb or Dottie or even Vision? Mm. Right? Because like, again, like maybe it's like, maybe she was like completely, maybe Wanda was like completely dra- traumatized by the whole events of Infinity War that they're trying to like help her they probably like put her in a in a facility where they can like help her and she's kind of lost control to a point where she's now controlling the narrative of her therapy and like to a point where she's just like completely lost it and then imagine her shock when when she finds out later that one of them is a scroll because she doesn't know what the scroll are at this point right she's never i don't think anybody except um carol and nick really know about them i think that's really interesting and it makes sense because of sword um yeah. sword is, is so present i i personally though and i don't say this often ryan but i hope you're wrong just because i really like the idea of the supernatural being involved mm-hmm. uh, yes. i think I, well, like what you're saying makes total sense it makes your yeah. your scroll thing there's there's nothing i can't punch any holes in that theory it makes total sense i just prefer the magic idea because i think it's spookier and kookier I think well, I I'm at the I'm I'm still again my 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 theory is still building because because mm-hmm. the stork thing was interesting the stork the stork is a really odd thing to be talking about but I think it's an interesting plot development and I I think that maybe it could be both of our theories like I think in the 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 whole mass the whole big picture of it all is that Mephisto is like slowly supernaturally invading her reality, if you will, that, that's built within this construct by the looks of it. Um, but maybe, maybe the scroll is because the, the thing, when I watched it with Isabella the first time, the first two episodes, she said right out of the gate, she does, she, she said, Oh, doesn't the, don't the scrolls have that thing where they can like look at your memories? Oh, okay. So, and then we're seeing a lot of sword. And the last time we saw Nick Fury was on a ship with scrolls. So, yeah. plus in Far From Home, which we haven't recorded yet, but um, obviously, you guys uh, listening out there, spoilers if you haven't seen it. If you haven't, you should watch Far From Home, one of the best Spider Man movies ever made. They show that the scrolls were posing as Nick Fury and uh, Murray Hill. That's right. And they were doing a pretty damn good job of it, too. Yeah, I, I so I think I think it's possible. I think it is very possible. Um, it's as possible as magic right now. Like anything goes. Uh, w- mm-hmm. What I found interesting about the stork was it never it, it could it was constantly in the same room as Wanda, but it never tried to bite Wanda. It only tried to bite Monica. And again, that yes. might be the fish. That might just be a silly thing because she has fish on her pants, and it's like, well, hey, birds like fish. Mm-hmm. But like yeah. even you know when they when they walk into the nursery, the stork stands still as if it's obeying, but it doesn't obey Wanda. It's never like it. It was not listening to Wanda. It was not heeding her magic. It was completely uh, outside of her control. So I like the idea of the stork being like a scroll or Mephisto or something that is just mm-hmm. actively trying to freak out monica and get her out of the house because mm-hmm. as we find out when when vision uh arrives or when he's outside and uh catherine hahn is there who by the way she looks really good in that sweater i'm just saying uh agnes oh, agnes and that sweater wow uh but when agnes is asking him like oh is monica in the house with your wife she is not happy to learn that monica is in the house so it's like all these forces are trying to get monica out yeah, and and but there's also people trying to get in, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's the other thing is that we had the beekeeper come in from the sewers, 
um, which we thought was interesting. And then, well, okay, let's let's look at it this way. The first episode, the neighbor, uh, the neighbor comes in. So Agnes comes into the house. Yeah. So that's her kind of invading, right? Then you have in the second episode, um, you have the beekeeper. The third one, you have the stork that literally comes in the house. Mm-hmm. And they're so all very, um, like they're all something that mm-hmm. is not welcome when they arrive. Yes. And then, and then you have Monica who also comes in. Yes. And that's the only, she's the only one who at first uh, Wanda is like, yeah, come in. Like we're, we're, we're pals here. Like there's no sense of like, I'm trying to get you out of the house. Even with Agnes in episode yeah. one, Agnes was constantly kind of overstaying her welcome. Yes. So I don't know, like people are trying to get in and, and she's keeping people out. Yeah. And she's, man, but the stork she... is a wild card, man. The stork, uh... is, there's something to it. There has to be something to it. If that stork ends up being either a Skrull or a Mephisto, I will not be surprised because there is, yeah. uh, it, it just, it's too outside of her control. I don't know. I don't trust the mm-hmm. stork at all. But then uh, it's it, we kind of forget about the stork quickly because uh, in a very dramatic fashion, Wanda's water breaks. Yes. And uh, there's Wanda a, lot waters of, breaks. a lot of water reference rain. in this. Uh, the water breaking, the raining, her pipes birthing, yeah. the, the, the fish on the pants. Uh, the bathtub. The bathtub. Water everywhere here. Mm-hmm. It's true. I'm starting to think about this Namor thing now. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, interesting. Yeah, no, definitely a lot of water references here. So she goes, so uh, first of all, the water breaks before Monica comes in, but um, but yes, uh, at this point though, Wanda goes into labor. Uh, and what's crazy about it is like the, the house is flipping out and at first, Monica doesn't notice that the house is doing all these things, like the vacuum's going off on its own, picture frames are spinning. And until she comes, until she gets something, she comes back and starts to realize, starts to become very aware of what's going on. Pregnancy scene's hilarious, like in terms of her screaming and the whole thing's just freaking out. Yeah. Um, and Vision goes to run off to get the doctor. And what's interesting is that Vision doesn't seem to want to hide his powers. In the second episode for the Magician show, he just does uses his powers. He uses flight, he uses his, ta- uh, his tangibility, uh, all that stuff. Um, and then in this one, he uses his super speed and just like runs over to the doctor without trying to protect his secret. He just Because he just goes and does what he can. Um, he brings the doctor back and... Uh, and yeah, and then uh, Wanda's telling him, oh, yeah, you want to see your kids for the first time? They have that cute moment about Tommy and then Billy. Um, but yeah, it seems like Vision doesn't seem to want to hide the powers as much as Wanda does. Um, and so, which I thought was interesting. So the kids are born. And then the scene with Monica talking about the uh, talking about the twins. And then she they find out this interesting kind of story reveal scene, which is not news, but she, they talk about um, Quicksilver's death with Ultron. Yeah. And, and she just kind of, uh, Wanda does another very harsh uh, dismissal of this, this truth, if you will. And, um, and tries to rewrite the narrative, but it doesn't work on Monica. No, not at first, at least. And I, I found it kind of cool where it's our first reference to Quicksilver since Civil War. And mm-hmm. also, I think our first reference to Ultron since Civil War. I could be wrong about that. They may have brought Ultron up again, but Quicksilver for sure. She's not talked about Pietro since that Paprikash scene. And mm-hmm. I was trying to remember, was in Infinity War and Endgame, mm-hmm. did she have her normal European accent or was she speaking an American accent in those movies? So I, I, I also kind of looked into this and she has her accent throughout this whole thing. Sokovian's a made up accent, right? Yeah. They, they made up for the, the MCU. Um, probably cause on top of that, they didn't want to make her sound Russian because, 
um, black, like Black Widow's Russian. And then they didn't want, yeah, so they didn't want that kind of affiliation and then Sokovia. So they tried to figure out a way to introduce the accent. So basically the way they, they explained it to the masses is that the way they explained it is that she slowly kind of Americanized her accent, but it's still there. Like there's uh, still verbiage that is still there. Okay. Cause I was trying to remember it's, it's only been like two weeks since I watched infinity war, but I already can't remember if she had the accent, like when they're hiding out in, in Scotland or whatever, but her, mm-hmm. her accent here has been flawlessly American to the point of being like hyper American because of the, time periods that they're supposedly in and such so she she not only adopts an american accent here but it's very chipper and very uh upbeat because it's a 50 sitcom and they you know she does it brilliantly uh but there's no i don't remember ever hearing like a transition from one to the other so i i think that she's only american sounding here but it's i gotta go back and listen to uh, Infinity War and how she sounded, uh, but I just thought mm. it was cool to get a Quicksilver reference because that was uh, that was something else. Yeah, no, yeah, it was something else, and especially getting the Ultron reference as well. And yeah, and then and then we also get the weird scene about about um, uh, with Agnes and Herb and Vision and about the neighbor not having a house and sort of kind of not belonging. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems like, I don't know, which, which again, it just kind of throws theories all over the place. Like, I don't see, and that's where I think maybe both our theories might be correct. Because like, for example, what if Herb is a scroll, And what if Agnes is an agent of Mephisto? Then that would make sense why she's trying to, trying to control the story a certain way. And that's why there's kind of a disagreement. Yeah. Right? I can buy that. So there could... Yeah. There could be some mind games there. Like the reason why I say scroll is because one thing I'm very careful about now when it comes to speculation, and and it's funny because my brother and I have always talked about, you know, speculating Marvel stuff. And the interesting thing about speculating Marvel stuff is that, you know, you kind of kind of get kind of get romantic ideas of where they can go with Marvel stuff. Uh, and you're like always hoping that they're going to go above and beyond in terms of like, and not that they don't, but they like, for example, um, when the first Avengers movie came out, we thought that the um, Chitari were like scrolls and this whole thing and Galactus is coming. Like it just <laughs> like you get, you go down this whole snowball effect of like thinking of where it could go. Like, for example, the, the, the idea that Dr. Doom might be in Loki it's very possible, but we could be horribly wrong. You know what I mean? Like, what if that's just another version of Loki, right? Like, because uh, one thing I've noticed with with Kevin Feige's kind of creative team's patterns is that sometimes when it's a big reveal, there's some there is a buildup, yes, but more often than not, the character has been slowly introduced in a certain way. Um, best example in winter soldier uh you know uh with hydra being kind of the villain there is that they bring back zola first to kind of you know kind of tell you that something's going to go down and then they kind of drop a big reveal so they you they kind of use a character you're familiar with you know what i mean to to start building up towards something yeah they never drop you into the deep end especially with a big concept like hydra yeah, so for example, with Doom, I, I really don't think they're just going to drop Doom on us. Like, for example, that scene we see in the trailer, that may be the one shot we see of Doom. You know what I mean? Like, that that might be the one shot we see of Doom just to start his story. So Mephisto, I don't... If it is Mephisto, I don't think he's going to be, like, the main villain that we'll see throughout WandaVision. I think that the Skrulls will be the villain in the sense of, like, playing these characters and, like tricking someone who can warp reality which now in my mind seems like the most dangerous thing you could ever do to somebody mm-hmm. but you use that as a platform to start hinting at some a much larger picture right yeah i i think you're right i think this is a a springboard for mephisto if it is him um yeah and and that he'll come into play much more in things like dr strange too uh, if i if i had to put money on it right now though ryan i think my safest bet here is I am 
throwing all my money on red, I am saying that the villain in the story is actually going to be Wanda. It's actually going to be the Scarlet Witch. Uh, Yes, I I love this theory of yours. You actually text me a very cryptic is Wanda the villain message. Yeah. And then I went dark for 24 hours. And it it feels right, especially after this, because everything, everything strange that's happened in these three episodes has just been about Wanda's denial. That's the magic word here. No pun intended is denial. Um, I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell you who I am. If you keep pressuring me with these questions, I'm going to make you choke. Uh, I'm not going to, you know, I I have all these ingredients for this dinner. People are are starting to hound me. Where's dinner. I'm, I'm going to have the dinner here to shut them up. Uh, mm-hmm. all these, these little things. I see the beekeeper. It frightens me. It frightens vision. I'm just going to say yeah. no. And like, it's, it's very telling that it didn't just rewind. She full on says, no, like I am, I, I disagree. This is not happening. And then we get the rewind. And, uh, mm-hmm. even like, like you brought up today, the whole thing of vision saying something's wrong. And then the record just skips and he acts as if, you know, that had never happened. Uh, and now at the end here, we get this drop of Ultron and Ultron killed your brother. And what does Wanda do? She's not denying it really, even though denial is the name of the game here, but she's not outright saying you're wrong. She's just, she's going on the offensive. She's like, what did you say? Like what? Yes. You need to leave. You need to leave. That is classic. When when people are in that form of denial and they're very insecure about something, instead of refuting you and trying to prove you wrong, they will just automatically close a door in your face and play the victim and get offended and throw you, you know, like, be like, no, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. And that's what we see Wanda doing here. And it's frightening because she's, you know, she's throughout this series has just been like a, a pleasant person. And then she she turns on this woman who's her friend. She's not she's not doing anything wrong. We know Monica's right. Yes, it, that did in fact happen. Ultron did kill Quicksilver. I bet you didn't see that coming. Um, <laughs> so, so for Wanda to just be like, "Excuse me," there's the door, mm-hmm. and then kick her out in more ways than one. That tells me that this is all about keeping Wanda's. Um, what's the right way to phrase it? Uh, Wanda's narrative. It's about maintaining Wanda's narrative and whether she is Mm -hmm. fully cognizant and she is like completely aware and she's like, I'm doing this and I'm going to make this the reality because this is what I want. Or it's more a situation Mm -hmm. where she's not even realizing she's doing it. She's just so powerful that she can't help it. Either way, she is constructing a narrative and these outside forces, be they scrolls be they Mephisto, be they Christine Everhart, they are trying to tame the situation without upsetting her. Because if you upset her, as we've seen here, stuff goes bad for you. Uh, That did not look like a pleasant experience for Monica Rambeau. Yeah, exactly. No, it didn't, because she got thrown literally out of the reality. Yeah. Um, and it looked like she was legit thrown. Like she, she got really pushed out there. Um, which leads me to like the coolest ending for the show, uh, ever. And, um, yeah, I mean, it just, the show has such a mystery to it. And, and if it were any other story with other characters, it, I don't think it would work. I don't, it, it shouldn't work the show. It shouldn't. <laughs> But it does, and it blows my mind. It's like Chicago mixed popcorn. You're like, cheese and caramel? That's not going to be, oh, my God, I'm in heaven. Yeah. <laughs> but it looks, see, here's the thing, though. It looks like it's something that that is created for Wanda. Mm-hmm. And, but that does not exclude the, the possibility that Wanda created it for herself. Exactly. Like, it, it's now, exactly, it's now become, like, and exactly kind of like what you're talking about is that it's kind of come to a point now where I think she's starting to control the narrative of, of like whatever, whatever this is, like she clearly seems to, to, to be the story. And anytime someone's trying to break her, 
she denies it and just like you said like it oh man like but that now it's the question is who who's doing like exact it's it's which leads us to like the last episode is who's doing this to you wanda Mm -hmm. so so clearly something has gone wrong something has gone horribly wrong and we know from the experience in phase one with thor is that whenever something mystical happens they put a giant facility around it right yes and we see a very lost-esque kind of like sonar fence thing Mm-hmm. around the area that monica got spit out of at the at the yes. very end the dharma was it dharma yeah <laughs> total dharma initiative man the others are controlling wanda well and that's it right like like so clearly they've lost control over something and you know what though this could be you know, they always talk about in Marvel or Captain America always talks about the comics, you know, and, and also a lot of uh, leaders today also talk about it is like those who forget the past are doomed to re- uh, doomed to repeat it. And what if this is playing out much like Thor, where something mystical happens with maybe Wanda, maybe Wanda was in a confined space and a- around that small space, she had a full control over it and then they started noticing it's getting out of control. So they built a giant thing around it to kind of just keep it contained and, and then, and put actors in like scrolls as people to go in there and like, kind of just help her like manage whatever she's going through. But in Thor, Loki infiltrated that facility Mm -hmm. as as a as a, as as like an astral form or even actually as himself and so what if mephisto is doing the same thing right yeah it, it could very well have been like she made herself this snow globe of comfort and then that mm-hmm. kept growing and growing and then they're like we gotta put a cap on this somehow and then it turned into the truman show and yes now there's really no way they don't know how to get her out of it yet and they don't know how to mm. how to stop it from happening without hurting oh it's very i i'm convinced now that you know they've said for a long time like doctor strange sequel is all slated to be our first marvel horror movie i think uh, i think that this that wandavision is our first marvel horror story uh i think it beat doctor strange to the punch especially like for like we we keep saying Mephisto and maybe we're wrong but if that is the case yeah it would definitely be a horror story and also just like that music man during the end credits when you listen to that music that plays and there's that little beat where it gets uh you you get a little bit of vocals and you hear that voice go like that is haunting it sounds like a ghost and that like I get I get shivers when that part comes on and it really just feels like they are playing this as a horror movie Mm-hmm. yeah no i i honestly i think that oh, man yeah i know it's true but i mean i also love that they bring in the daydream believer song which yeah. i think also plays plays quite some meaning to what's going on which is again about someone who's you know um it's about someone who's a, in a daydream and then realizes that their their daydream is also a reality right yeah she believes that she's all laced up in her own narrative mm-hmm and and that's all we have to work with now for a week. <laughs> I, I made that sound too soulful in the in the credits. It's not that's it's not soulful. It's horrifying. Uh, Such an angelic voice. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, we have one more week. I guess next week is the '80s, which apparently is the one where they throw on those Halloween costumes and look straight out of the comics. So I'm looking forward oh, to that. Oh yeah. Hmm absolutely no I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that i'm actually now wanting to know uh very much what is going on outside of this dome i want to know how sword is involved because monica's wearing a sword necklace and i know she's also very involved with the scroll as well because of uh, captain marvel story so what's going on what's going on and feige and creative team if you're listening to this kudos guys amazing job yeah this is some next level stuff what a way to start phase four um 
but yeah, we're we're getting there. We're getting to the meat of WandaVision. Uh, six episodes to go, so still a fair chunk. But there's there's so much more goodness in store. I can feel it. I can feel it in my green and red Android bones, Ryan. Oh yeah. Ah, well, that is Infinity Rewatch for this week. Uh, this uh, this episode is going to drop pretty much as soon as possible. So you should be getting this on the day that the episode dropped. And then on uh, tomorrow, which is Saturday, the 23rd of January, uh, unless you're listening to this in the future, in which case, don't listen to me. But uh, you, you should also be getting the Doctor Strange episode. So that's double your ooh, double magic. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Ryan, thank you so much for waxing WandaVision with me again. Oh, man, it's always a pleasure. Until next time, everybody, have a marvelous day. Ooh, still too soulful. Daydream believer and the heaven coming queen. queen.